Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 284. And I'm alongside my awesome co-host, Amanda Powell, calling in from Austin now. You were in a different place a couple of weeks ago, right? I was. I was calling in from Denver, but now back in Austin, a little bit a little bit warmer. It's getting pretty cold here. By cold, yeah. I mean it's like 50 degrees. Freezing. Oh, oh, oh my <laughs> God. How do you deal with that? That's unbelievable. Lots of layers. Yeah. I see the sweater. You should have the parka with the big hat on. Yeah. Well, we are pretty excited today because we have someone who we've wanted to have on this show for like five years and I don't know we never asked her for whatever reason <laughs> but really psyched to have Mari Smith on today's show if you guys don't know who she is well if you've been listening to this show chances are you probably know who she is because she is considered the queen of Facebook even more popular than some of the Zuckerbergs as we just found out right now <laughs> and uh, obviously one of the world's foremost experts on Facebook marketing and social media she is everywhere all at once, and we are so psyched to have her on Perpetual Traffic for the very first time. Welcome to the show, Mari Smith. Yay! Thank you so much, Ralph <laughs> and Amanda. What an honor and a pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, we were kind of joking about it before the show. She's been doing the Facebook understanding of Facebook, not just, you know, social, but adding in some advertising every now and then, although, you know, ads do get annoying, as we all know. But yeah, this is a, this is a big episode because not only is Mari going to be talking at Traffic and Conversion Summit live <laughs> at Studio Control Command Central there. I don't even know, like they stole it from Tony Robbins. <laughs> Command um, Central seems Command like a good, a good way to phrase it. Absolutely. She's going to be talking about some of the latest updates in Facebook's future. And not that there's anything that's new and, and novel with Facebook. Nothing at all. Something's <laughs> always, always changing. And uh, she'll obviously get into more depth in her talk. So make sure if you don't have tickets for Traffic and Conversion Summit, last minute, last chance, head on over to trafficandconversionsummit.com and pick up your tickets so you make sure you don't miss Mari's talk. But today on Perpetual Traffic, we're going to be talking a little bit about Facebook's future and some of the things that she's seen going on. There's a lot that's happening. Privacy is sort of a big thing right now, which we'll touch upon, but lives, video, groups, all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. What's the biggest thing that you see right now that's really changing with Facebook that marketers need to know? And then maybe we can get into some of the specifics of those things that they need to know, Mari. Absolutely. Well, you just mentioned privacy and it was, I was just double checking the date and it was March of 2019 that Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, kind of like almost like out of the blue, was a little unanticipated. He penned this mega manifesto, his privacy manifesto, 
and everybody's talking about, oh, it's the pivot to privacy. And I have my own kind of interpretations of like why this came about, you know, what's the longer term play here that Zuckerberg is up to. And it was in essence, there was an aspect of it was in response to the potential, you know, antitrust. There was also just getting pushed into like, well, you know, all the regulation components of it. I think eventually the whole social media landscape will get regulated that's inevitable. Just like radio, television, newspapers, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. So that's coming at some point. And this is uh, kind of anticipating that. And what's fascinating to watch, okay, what does the pivot to privacy mean? Well, they're doubling down on focusing on the three main messaging products, that WhatsApp being the biggest one, and then Messenger, which is really the number one messaging app into the U.S., WhatsApp's the number one outside the U.S., and though they compete with Apple, iMessage is, is, is pretty uh, popular around the world, and then the third one is Instagram Direct, and so Zuckerberg in that manifesto used this word interoperability numerous times. We were just talking offline there about baking together. Everybody here is familiar with that. If you like, And by the way, my dad was a professional baker, so I like baking metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about cakes and cupcakes and stuff, so... <laughs> But here's Zach basically baking together these three main messaging apps or, you know, products in essence so they can kind of like not be unbaked or it's more difficult. So he can stand up there and go, oh, no, but no, all, all of our users and our businesses and our business, you know, advertisers and customers, they have to be able to have these three products together. And then, but they're, he's not saying that, of course, what they're mm-hmm. saying public facing, which really we can all buy into. It's like, hey... Yeah, pun intended. Customer goes to Instagram. He's looking, he or she's looking at your shop. Oh my gosh, I want this item. They go, they buy it. And then they're like, but they tend to use WhatsApp for chit-chatting or you know messaging mm-hmm. people and businesses. So now they can get their whole customer service follow-up. They're asking questions. They can choose which inbox is going to land in WhatsApp, Instagram Direct, or Messenger. That's mm-hmm. the aspect of interoperability. And what's coming to you is the ability to actually make those purchases inside of any of those three inboxes and get mm-hmm. the kind of the follow-up. And then you've got that whole aspect of the chat bot and automation that continues to be developed. So yeah, so that would be the main one is really, we were also talking offline there about e-commerce. You know, Ralph, I know that's a big area that you focus on in your agency and, and it's e-commerce. It's, it's actually, it's, it's mobile commerce. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's taking a leaf out of the, the books or the apps of what Asia is doing, you know, predominantly China. There's huge, huge apps that are entire operating systems inside of one, one app, obviously WeChat being the biggest one of them. But I think marketers today really looking towards developing their 2021 plan. If you are in remotely in the world of e-commerce, you have something to sell. <laughs> it's like, but, but my point is there's a distinction here between physical products because that's almost always what Facebook and Instagram tend mm-hmm. to differentiate. They bring out all these features and it's setting up a shop earlier this year, they, they just call it Facebook shop, but it's now kind of streamlined. So if you have a Facebook shop, it also is sitting right there on Instagram and you can integrate with their partners, right? Like Shopify being one of the main ones. And so, but what they've come right out and said is, Hey, we recognize there are service-based businesses and there are digital product-based businesses and they're quote unquote working on solutions for all types of businesses. So I'm excited about that. 
for those of, those of us that do, you know, digital products or services. Yeah. And you, you kind of started answering the question that I had, Mari, in terms of, you know, based on Facebook trying to start baking all of these programs together, have you seen that kind of come together with the programs that they've started in 2020 for businesses that are needing help during the pandemic and businesses maybe that are not so product centric and maybe more service centric? Like what have you seen happening with those kind of being uh, pulled together through the programs that they've started this year? Yeah. Well, some of the real easy ones that they kind of slipped in earlier in the year was like adding a sticker onto Instagram stories (laughs) where you could, you know, users could recommend their favorite shops or local stores and put a little sticker and tag the Instagram account. That's maybe it made a difference to small businesses. I would hope so. Also, like really trending the hashtags, hashtag support small business. They also, June, July of this year, really emphasized hashtags on Facebook now. It's a whole other topic. I wrote a blog post about it. Hashtags have been a thing on Facebook since 2013. So after seven years, Facebook's like, oh, okay, now would be a good time to make them relevant (laughs) on Facebook. So I'm recommending to all my clients and students and audience members is to go ahead and include hashtag support small business, singular and also plural, on practically every post you do. So just that's a real easy, simple one. But back to your question, Amanda, about the baking together, what happened just a couple months ago is that the initial component of that interoperability came mm-hmm. about with Messenger integrating with Instagram Direct to the point mm-hmm. that they changed the dang logo. And now I'm just doing my head in because it's like every logo is all the same color. I, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> Google did the same thing. Right, Ralph? It's yeah. like they did. I use this app called ClickUp and it's like the same colors. And then I'm like, wait, which app is <laughs> on? And it's right like... Now. Oh, Messenger, Instagram's like all these same like rainbow colors. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it confused a lot of people. And so now, okay, now we're not just doing that light blue on Messenger. We're doing the Instagram colors and Messenger. So lots of changes all at once. It definitely does seem like the focus or the push for new products in the last three years on Facebook has been more geared towards e-commerce. I got like a dynamic product as and obviously Facebook shop and now You've got this interoperability with Shopify. It's really interesting because the digital people and the info people, the service people are like, well, wait a second. I mean, obviously, small business, you know, storefronts, that's always been sort of a mainstay. I know you're really involved with a lot of the small business push that they did for marketing. But it's interesting to hear that digital and like these other businesses, which we all know and love DM, obviously, that's like, that's how they make their living is going to be a, a more of a push in the coming years, which is, which is really good news. I think for a lot of listeners. Well, it's true because, you know, we've all been selling online for, you know, a decade, two decades. And so wonderful to be able to have all of these users on their mobile devices. And by the way, of course, Instagram is hundred percent mobile. They have the desktop mm-hmm. version, but everybody uses mobile. And then Facebook, it's roughly about 80%, 85% that predominantly access Facebook on their mobile devices. So Mm -hmm. the easier you can make it for the customer, whether B2B or B2C, to just, you know, tap, 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 bump, okay, you know, whether impulse purchases or really more thoughtful ones, or just even getting into your funnel, obviously, 
those are those are really great. And doing some retargeting, you mentioned dynamic ads, Ralph. And so, you know, I think, you know, some companies are just really good at that. They see it sitting in your cart, like, you know, Amazon, and they're like, oh, you might like these other 20 things. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're right, I would. <laughs> yeah, they work exceedingly well. I mean, it's one of the greatest tools, especially for e-commerce. So lives are a really big thing still for you. And I think that's not something that we've discussed too much on this show because there's so many features of the platform to really talk about. But so what's your take on lives today and into the future? They're still relevant, sounds like. Obviously, you're delivering a lot of your content personally through that. So what can you tell us about Facebook Lives? So what's interesting is Facebook Live first launched in August of 2015. I remember the exact place where I was when I got access. I was doing a, a speaking engagement in, in Dallas, Texas, with a group of women entrepreneurs. And I did a demo live from the stage and I showed them, they all on their phones and I was like streaming live. They were just like, aghast like, oh, yeah. and, and, like yeah. you know and, and, and in a good way like mm-hmm. oh my god how did you do that can you show us because it's like kind of novelty factor but the reason that facebook has really pushed live and the video and the watch platform and then they've done you know paid programming mm-hmm. one of which like red table talk you know will smith's wife and family yes. Do that, that so well. <laughs> Another flagship show is fully, you know, funded and produced by Facebook. And there's a whole bunch of other ones that do well. Sorry for your loss, Ball in the Family. And I'm mentioning them like I'm familiar with them. I don't watch any of them. <laughs> I'm just familiar <laughs> with them. <laughs> I love it, my, my television or show watching. But Facebook continues to give incredible lift to video because they are so determined to be one of the leading next generation digital streaming TV platforms competing right mm. there. Yes. Netflix, hmm. with Amazon Prime, with Apple TV Plus, uh, of course, YouTube. Zuckerberg on the earnings calls over the last 18 months, two years, has come right out and said to investors, the YouTube, he said, you know, YouTube's our biggest competitor. Mm-hmm. comes to video, certainly not social social networking, you know, poor Google has never quite managed to master social networking right. component right. of it. Didn't Try as they might. I like Google yeah. Plus. Uh, Google Plus. Get all Google Plus. We haven't the said circles. that. <laughs> the circles. circles. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I haven't talked about that in years. Those were the days. Fun. Those little drag and drop. Yeah. But but anyway, so so YouTube's a big competitor. So uh, so video gets the best organic reach and best organic engagement. And we find in, in my company, they definitely are a terrific top, middle, and bottom of funnel unit for organic and paid. So videos in, in varying lengths, testing out the shore, or even it always cracks me up when they say long form. Long form video is three minutes or more. Mm. It's a lifetime. Uh, it's a it's a long time in the internet world, right? right. Uh, my friends at Social Bakers, I'm sure you're familiar with Social Bakers, and mm-hmm. I, have, I was yeah. just keyno- keynoting their annual event, and they came out with this, uh, they do these quarterly reports, and they're showing about how you know live video gets uh, more engagement. They've their, their report shows two times the engagement. Zuckerberg has said as much as six times the engagement. It just depends on the types of videos you're looking at. Mine definitely gets uh, you know at least six times or more engagement. But what was fascinating, if you then looked in that same Social Baker's um, trends report for uh, Q3 2020, is that of the post types, 70, 70 is image posts, just great. And then only 17 is video. And guess what? Live video is less than 1%. It's 0.8%. So if this is the type of post, the best engagement and reach, this is what I'm excited about to, to, to communicate to marketers, digital marketers alike, is that 
there's still a really untapped opportunity mm -hmm. to lean into the live video. Plus, if everybody is going virtual, it's mm -hmm. the only way that uh, really is the only the main way that we can connect. And it creates intimacy, more connect, builds more trust. And so the more you can integrate live video into your business, the more successful you'll be. Facebook's going to give you a lift. You, what's also coming totally related to that is live shopping. And they were, they've been testing this be beta. I talked about it three years ago, 2017, social media marketing world. And uh, then I guess it kind of got tabled, that department got siloed or whatever, the, who knows. But then it suddenly came back here, which makes total sense. It's mobile and desktop. It's Facebook and Instagram. It's streaming live with your items on the shop, right? People can select quantity, size, color, whatever they want, add to cart and on checkout. Cause of course your credit cards all in there. And all the while the live is playing, it's literally like QVC or home shopping <laughs> network meets live streaming, mobile desktop, the works. I am so pumped about that. I think again, we were back there, Amanda talking about whether it's you're a physical product or your service or a digital product, the latter two coming later but certainly anybody here listening in today if you are in the realm of selling physical products you got to embrace this live shopping that's coming mm. so is that i'm curious now because i know even at digital marketer most of our lives happen specifically just for events so like what's your recommendation in terms of you know, we have a video team at our company that's producing videos, you know, for Facebook ads and our social platforms in general. But you know, is, is it any kind of content that you should go live with? Is there like specific kinds of content that do better in terms of going live with them? Or are they just better for like updates every day, almost like a live tweet for lack of a better term <laughs> in terms of like what you're thinking today? I'm curious on like where the where the metrics are in terms of like what kind of content you should go live with and then what kind of content should be static or not static, even if you are doing video, but something that can replace. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant question, Amanda. I'm love that you're bringing this up. And, and uh, I'm actually right in the middle of a, a launching a, a training program called go live with Mari Smith. I'm teaching, <laughs> teaching how to do this. And I was live last week on my page. And I was sharing seven of 15 different ways that small and medium-sized businesses can utilize Facebook Live to grow their business. So mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. You don't necessarily just want to press that camera button, whether it's your phone or you got, you know, a higher end home studio and just blah, blah, blah. Hey, we're live, you know, <laughs> it's like have a strategy, right? So, so I've got numerous, I'll just share a few of them off yeah. the top of our, our heads here today is that uh, number one, the way I use it is to teach. So mm -hmm. it's no different than doing a webinar. Okay. You're getting on there and you're teaching the three things, the five things, the seven things, or whatever it might be. You're teaching, you're educating. And I really always think that practically everybody, no matter what business you're in, number one, you are in the business of education first, mm -hmm. right? You're imparting your knowledge. It's content marketing. And then being strategic about, hey, you know, getting people into your funnel, even if that's initially joining a Facebook group, you're capturing their emails when they join the group. You can't enforce that. You have, you know, you can put that, you can ask a question and they, they pop their email in there. I use a, a program called a group funnels that takes their data and then through Zapier goes into Infusionsoft and it's all automated, but we get a pretty decent conversion. We get, you know, at least, at least 80% of people put their emails in the right ones. 
So that would be like making sure that no matter what you, you've got your CTAs in there, your calls to action, you're, you're putting people in their funnel. Teaching or behind the scenes is wonderful. People like that, like a day in the life of or, mm-hmm. or behind the scenes. Behind the scenes might be just like, hey, here's how our product's made. Here's how we're, you know, A to Z, how we're like, or behind the scenes in the factory or in the shop or whatever you're making. Maybe it could be meeting some employees or meeting some suppliers or some business partners. AMA, asking anything, those are always great. Or I like to call it Ask Mari Anything because it's my initial. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works out so well. <laughs> right? And so like Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram, he's regularly doing these AMAs and he does them in these stories and you've got that question sticker. Those are wonderful, oh, wonderful okay. ways you use a live. What I, a little slight caveat that I, my audience is like, if you haven't really done that many lives and your audience isn't like super engaged yet, don't just jump right in and do an AMA and then like, oh my God, hardly anybody showed up or didn't really ask questions. So just, you know, build up to doing some AMAs. Others are certainly breaking news, trending topics and breaking it down for your audience. Talk show format uh, with guest speakers, which is wonderful because then you can totally just turn it into your podcast, strip out the audio, make it your podcast, but record the video, put it on YouTube and really, you know, multi-purpose you could do so many cool things like unboxing, uh, a live sale. We we're just talking about people do those like with auctions or live sales. So thinking about the different categories or like buckets, if you will, mm-hmm. of like, how are we going to strategically use this opportunity? We're streaming live on camera and it's okay to use your phone. I do recommend, and I teach this in my course, of how to have the DSLR camera, the beautiful depth of field, a nice three-point lighting, a good microphone, and uh, just jumping off the screen like television quality is what I really recommend. And it instantly creates like more credibility, more trust. And, and, and you know, I mean, I'm sure digital marketer has, has all their ducks in a row in this, <laughs> this world. We try at least. <laughs> There's an attempt. No, well, that's that's tremendous. I think that gives the audience a lot of mm-hmm. ideas. I mean, just you know, showing at at the very least being helpful and useful. Like that's the basic part of it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously having the engagement. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert. Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddies Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way 
using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. I think a lot of people with lives and talk to a lot of folks about this is that they're just afraid to do it for the first time. And Mm -hmm. they're also afraid that no one will show up. I know. How would you get over that? Is it just like do it once no matter what, and then you gain some momentum or is there some tip behind the scenes that you would recommend? Well, so I've identified at least there's four that I know of. There might be more, but four different fears when it comes to live camera. Number one is certainly the fear of being on camera, which is an absolute close cousin of the fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm. From a social element is still the, 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 the top fear. It's like getting up there on stage and, oh my God, what if I embarrass myself? What mm-hmm. if I, you know, whatever stems from our childhood, who knows? But- I think death is number two. So <laughs> yeah, speaking in public, number one, death. Oh. So Jerry Seinfeld says uh, they'd rather actually be in the casket than the one delivering the eulogy. So anyways, <laughs> be that as it may. <laughs> you can imagine. So the second fear is the fear of tech. And I say that the fear of being on camera is, could actually be even stronger, deeper than the fear of being on the stage and doing some public speaking, because now you're dealing with tech. What if the internet goes out? What if they, right. my mic's looking to hear me? Is like, oh my God, the stream's glitchy and, and people are live commenting and people can be kind of like, really, oh yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, mean. You're like, ah, I'll tell I can't you hear you. Wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So fear tech. And then there's the fear of what to say. So exactly what we're just saying is like, oh my God, press that button. Oh, oh, deer in the headlights. And Feeding into that, Amanda, just like, you know, what if nobody shows up? And the fourth fear I add in is the fear of asking for the sale. And I see this uh, a lot with some entrepreneurs, some industries is like, they just want to give and give and give. Uh, a lot of my female clients are like this, oh, we just give away the store. People naturally know where to go and to buy. No, you got to tell them, you know, yeah. ask for the sale or at least get them into your funnel. And so some ways to get over that fear of just being on camera is to practice and you can practice streaming in to a private group, just you, just you in there, or maybe you and your team. So stream into a private group. And another tip is absolutely watch your replays. There's mm-hmm. so many people who go, oh my God, I don't like myself on camera. And, oh my, I just can't watch or I can't listen or I don't like my voice or I don't like how much eyebrow is or oh, my hair's not right. or. <laughs> It's like, you know, and I don't know, maybe it comes with you know, the maturing over the years is just like <laughs> being able to get to know yourself and be, be accepting of like, mm-hmm. you look good enough, right? Just right. Accept, okay, oh, I'm going to do this differently next time, you know, but, and then maybe being willing to ask for some feedback or how you can improve it. Yeah, but yeah, sure. I mean, we're, we're happy. And I think this year in a way, actually, in a way has pushed people to to get more comfortable in camera. That's a really good point. <laughs> so, yeah. Right? People have had no choice but to get on a Zoom and a bunch of people and talk and yeah. Yep. And it's so funny, even just having a meeting right nowadays, it's like, oh yeah, let's, you know, can I schedule a meeting with you? Yeah, you just know, or let's do a Zoom. Then you're like, okay, I'll just get camera ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least brush my hair. <laughs> yep. For us women, I'll throw a baseball cap on. All right, <laughs> they want to be by Zoom. That means we'll be on camera. It's just <laughs> nobody, nobody gets on Zoom and doesn't be on camera these days. It's true. 
Yeah. But anyway, actually, let me add another piece in here, guys and gals, since we're talking about live, because Facebook has brought in a couple of new features for SMBs this year when it comes to live. And uh, one of them is the stars, which really came from the gaming community. And it's like a little tip jar. It's like, it's like Patreon, but you've, you maybe have seen it. I'm bringing this up because I want to tell your audience, if they see that they've qualified for stars, I'm going to recommend you do not set them up because oh, once they're set up, you can't undo them. You, there's oh. nowhere I have searched high and low and you can't turn them off. You can, if you use Facebook Live Producer, you can go in individually one, one at a time. When you go in there and you do your live through Live Producer, I use it as a third-party app like Ecamm, there's StreamYard, there's all kinds of, you can use Zoom, of course. But I just, I think that stars for certain creators you get like you get a penny per star. Facebook mm-hmm. keeps over fifty percent mm-hmm. of the revenue, and it's like I've made a whopping twelve bucks in the last three months or something. So, so it's like, but this is All this right. is typical Facebook, <laughs> where they're like, let's give them something to make it look like they're monetizing, and it came from the gaming world. So, anyway, stars don't even worry about it. But there is a kind of a new thing called POE, which is paid online events. So what you do is if you've got it on your page, you're going to set up an event. It now becomes with a paywall. And what's going to happen is you can stream live just into that event. Mm. Now, this could end up being, it's still fairly new. It could end up being great for, you know, artists, musicians, creators, content producers, educators, you name it. I'm not, anybody does a class, all these online classes. And so, yeah, you might see that paid online events and then ads we're talking about ads and there's rev share if you get really a lot of views on your videos you'll be able to do those in-stream ads and you know just like youtube does with the ad breaks mm. yeah that can be very lucrative for some larger personalities who have a pretty yeah. yeah we've we've worked with some folks there it's like wow uh-huh. money can be made but at very large scale <laughs> yeah it, i've seen that i think it's rachel farnsworth she does she's a, a page on facebook called uh, just recipes right and cooking recipes it's one of the top pieces you know, types of content and, and and i do know she makes some pretty good money on those, <laughs> on those <laughs> oh yeah but, for sure yeah. one of the things you had mentioned and i think this is something that it gets to be a challenge, at least for, for me. Like I get invited to so many Facebook groups all the time. And yeah. I, the ones that I'm in, I can barely even service. So, or at least be like a, a, a good engaging member. How do you recommend, what would be your tips for people about a Facebook? Oh, you need to start a Facebook group. You definitely need to start a Facebook group. You hear that all the time. But what would Mari Smith say about you have to start a Facebook group and what sort of tips would you give there? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I'm glad you're bringing this up because honestly, I would never just say to somebody, business of any size, yeah, you got to start a group without adding on to that sentence that they have to have a strategy. That's like mm-hmm. my favorite word. You, why? Right? Answer the question, why? What purpose is this group going to serve? And so when you're clear on that, and you can communicate that, like Simon Sinek says, right? Start with why. Your audience is going to go, oh my God, I have to join this group. This is what this is now my favorite group. I come here every day. I've bookmarked it or whatever it might be, or you know, a few times a week. So there's again, similar to what we we're just talking about with the Facebook Lives, that you've got these different categories, you've got these different intentions and, and purposes. So 
a SaaS company or like an online video tool. I worked with numerous of them. We were talking offline, wave and video, you name it, all these different video companies out there, whatever the solution is, Agora Pulse, right, for scheduling social media, is that you have instantially a user group. And so you're providing tremendous value and people are doing tons of peer supporting and sharing their issues or successes or wins or whatever it might be. Now, you might need a bit of structure to that. Maybe you say like Mondays, marketing Mondays, everybody's allowed to promote themselves Mm -hmm. or not. You know, you say absolutely zero promotion at all or, you know, so a user group for a SaaS company is great. One might be just breaking news. Uh, My friend, Matt Navarra, who used to work with the Next Web, he's a social media personality out of the UK and he has a uh, geek out social media geek out and it's all like social media managers and that, he's a machine I swear Matt never sleeps he's like 24 <laughs> 7 and he's like just a machine with his content he's always got his finger on the pulse of news and all these social media managers know they he's like their go-to guy when it comes to what are all the new things on on every social platform i have my group called social scoop and and it is the top one of the main top of um funnel components for my business and and i do as i mentioned earlier collect the emails and whatnot but i cultivate this really tight community and culture of positivity, inclusivity, peer support, and safety, compassion, empathy, integrity, disclosures. You know, I don't allow like a lot of promotion, but sometimes it gets in in the comments and I'm like, look, fine, no problem, but you got to disclose. Don't you be popping a link in there and you're not telling people it's an affiliate link. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was just telling them last week, I have a zero tolerance policy for shenanigans. We'll have no shenanigans in this group. <laughs> People down love the that, law. right? They get the yep. leadership. As when we build out different groups for, we have different groups, obviously, for our product tiers at DM, but uh-huh. we find that it is a full-time, do you have a full-time community manager? Do you suggest business owners try to do it themselves? Because we do find that people, you know, you got to keep them in line. <laughs> we have our community manager who's monitoring all day, trying to keep people in line because it does, you know, even if you have a set of rules, which it seems like you recommend making sure that those are clear when you can build out specific groups, but how do you manage yeah. them moving forward? hundred percent. You got to have a manager. You know, if you're the business owner and you're busy doing all kinds of things, you must have at least one or more extra pairs of eyeballs in there. So mm-hmm. my community manager, main one anyways, Adair, she's out of Australia. So I love it. She's in a totally different time zone than me. And, and she keeps an eye at close eyes. She's been with me for years and, and she'll DM me if something's up. And plus what's really cool. And she also, we have, the way I do is really cool because nobody ever, ever talks as me, right? If you're in a dialogue and I, and, and it's going uh, first person, I and me, that's always me. Nobody ever speaks as me online. That's just a, a hard rule. Mm-hmm. But what I did years ago is I set up, like my main page is at Mari Smith on Facebook. And then I set up a team Mari Smith where my moderators and community managers, they are community managers. They're, they'll be in the group or in my DMs, my page DMs, or on my page publicly, and they're replying and interacting, engaging as Team Mari, and then they sign off their first name. So that way, people know they're not just interacting with, you know, John or Jane or Mary or whatever. They, they know this person is representing my company, but they're not speaking you know, as me. 
But yeah, also back to this culture part, when you cultivate that really tight culture and you have that integrity, what's wonderful is the group members, it starts creating this like cohesive integrity where people are just like, uh-oh, that person's out of line they and they report it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. <laughs> That's a cool thing when they do the self, self-moderating. <laughs> and helping too. I mean, the group mm-hmm. think, yes. you know. Which is, I guess is a negative, but I mean, the idea of like having lots of different people giving mm-hmm. ideas and the, the groups that we manage, like some of the best ideas come from the members themselves mm-hmm. yeah. that are empowered to through teaching and maybe something that they had learned somewhere in the group previously. Like that's where the power of the group, I really think is, it's like everyone collaborating together to help a specific person on a problem or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And like nothing does it better than the Facebook groups. Yeah. You know, let me add another layer here because Facebook has really doubled down on groups in the last kind of two years, but then particularly this year and some of the things they've done. And some of it has been a little reactive in terms of like they're not putting anything remotely health related. A health related group is not going to get put into the recommended groups Mm -hmm. engine, which is really frustrating for some people who are maybe more into alternative health and you know, there's a whole spectrum. But let's talk about briefly the new Facebook design on desktop, which has really been forced upon us. It's riddled with bogs. It's frustrating. There's things missing. There's things, you know, but there's an intention behind this. If you were just talking about groups here, Ralph, and the top navigation, groups are front and center, mm-hmm. right? And we can tell what Facebook wants to emphasize insert, read, monetize, (laughs) is the watch platform is number one icon after the home button. So it's watch, marketplace, groups, and games. And I'm like, could you please give me the choice to swap games out with something else? Because I'm (laughs) never going to press your game button. (laughs) But, But the groups, of course, now has its own feed. And so then another place for ad inventory, right? And Groups have uh, really, you know, they've added so many more new features uh, for moderating, for just growing your group, and they're doing things like the question prompts. And some of the features, again, back to the new design being a little buggy and broken, is like if you post anything even remotely sounding like a question on Facebook, on the groups, they're going to turn it into a quote question type of post. In addition, last week I was sharing, you know, one of my partners offers and they automatically turned it into like a for sale post. I'm like, no, this isn't for sale. And there was no way to, uh, my, my group members were chiming in. They're like, we found a workaround. You do it on mobile and you go into desktop and edit it and you have to tweak it. It's like all of these crazy hoops that Facebook makes us jump through. They, they are not really transparent in what it is that they want you to be doing to help promote and optimize and monetize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I really have this strong sense that one of the main reasons that the new design came about in the first place and got really forced rather rapidly, there's aspects of it that have a connection to maybe security, privacy, Mm -hmm. moderating, election interference even. There's just aspects of the new design that have 
lock down areas that make it even more difficult for bad actors to come along, just create a page and start running ads and so on and so forth. So there's stuff that Facebook's not really sharing with us that that's going on behind the scenes. So I always say hashtag resistance is futile. <laughs> it's, it's a Facebook world. We just live in it. So whatever they're doing, you kind of have to get used to sadly in some ways, but I, you know, I wish they would listen to user feedback more. The number one request I get from, from people is, is uh, why doesn't Facebook offer better customer service? service to the small, medium-sized business owner, you know, and that's a big one, just being able to actually talk to a human. Could you imagine Apple Care level of support that, mm. that for Facebook? People would pay for that. Yeah. Dream. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, they would. Although, you know, chat support has gotten better through the mm. years, but still it's like, it lags. It's just amazing to get anyone live or even a chat to, you know, to respond is challenging i mean weeks at a time we've got people waiting wow. one of the one of the things we have a question on when you finally do break through and get a, a good sized group you mentioned you do a lot of the personal you know responses back to people who might call you out mm -hmm. and so forth how yeah. do you manage that like with a group that's as large as the one that you're managing do you block time do you just like whenever it comes in i can't imagine that could be the way like how do you actually personally manage your comments and your because time is a you know, scarce resources, only so many hours. And a lot of people want to talk to Murray Smith. So how do you actually do it? It is time is a great equalizer. I do tend to uh, rely on my notifications. So if someone's tagging me, and then of course, in my main community manager, Adair, I have a whole bunch of others in there. She's the main one that they will private message me if there's something, but invariably nine times out of 10, Questions, posts, comments, etc., are are get the responses that they need from their mm -hmm. peers. Mm -hmm. What I do do that once I say, if not daily, then every other day, you know, a few times a week, I will pop into that main group, the social scoop, and I will look for questions that haven't gotten any response yet. It's kind of rare, but it does happen. And it might be a case of this just a rule more of a complicated question, or people just haven't come across, or they don't know how to answer it, or it's a little bit more on the strategy side of things. And I, I really love to, you know, jump in and talk strategy. Like someone was asking the other day about the pixel, obviously quite a novice advertiser. She said, hey guys, you know, do you think I should, is, is the Facebook pixel really all that? Should, should I, should I set it up for my ad campaigns? And, you know, you saw a few people chiming in and who clearly knew what they were talking about and a few people <laughs> didn't. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give a real, I'm going to take the time here and give a really in-depth response of really evangelizing the pixel and why, you know, it's, it's the cornerstone of, of every campaign. Otherwise, how do you track your results? Right. So, and then I might take that, that response and I can use that as the basis of a, of a blog post, mm. you know, and so I'm util utilizing my time, but it's not just for kind of like buried in a comments in a, in a private group. I'm, I'm going to basically take that answer and maybe I'll do a Facebook live on it publicly on my page and address something or a common issue. I'm looking for themes that keep coming up and, mm -hmm. and how I can bring that out into a, a wider audience and really give some more benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with that many members in the social scoop, I mean, you've got a great resource for market intelligence and, and market research to be able to have content and then put that content in a live or a blog post, whatever it happens to be. It's like it's a it's a great little incubator there for all kinds of questions and whatever people's issues are at that particular moment. 
One yeah. of the things we had mentioned previous to recording and always fascinated and your take on this, we've had Michael Stelzner on here quite a few times talking <laughs> about this, is organic versus paid. Like, where is that right now? Like, for me, I'm so entrenched in the paid side. It's like, all right, there is an organic side, but like, where, <laughs> like, what's, what's your take on it? Where is it going? How do people sort of help navigate that? What's your sense? Wow. So Mike and I go back like 2007, <laughs> right? He, he's a personal friend and a business, sure. you know, Very associate good. and spoken at all of his events. And there's aspects of, of this conversation that he and I just totally disagree <laughs> on. <laughs> all right. Let's so we like it. to hear. <laughs> yeah, so. Have you guys on and battle it out. Yeah. We should, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. It's like, I forget when it was, maybe within the last 12, 18 months where Mike decided that the video on Facebook was dead and he he loves to be controversial. Because <laughs> like, people weren't Classic. watching his show and it's like, or not enough people. So he took it over to YouTube and now he's, <laughs> and then I see him posting his YouTube links and I'm like, Mike, why are you posting your YouTube links on Facebook? You're going to get hardly any reach, right? It's like, <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm, he's doing his thing and he and his team and then, you know. Great guy, great, great company. Good to give him a hard but, time every now and then, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll give him a little bit of a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the really fascinating thing is if you go like 100% organic in one corner and not 100% paid, because nobody does 100% paid, really. I mean, you can have some kind of an organic presence. The thing is that there, in my opinion, there really is no such thing as 100% organic because you will get more organic reach if you invest even the tiniest budget into promoting some of your posts. Yes, as a knob advertiser, you can go ahead and hit that boost button. It's there for a reason. Facebook makes it so easy. And always you make a post on your page and they'll pop up the little notification. Hey, this post is doing 93% better than all your other stuff you've posted, you know, give us money and we'll make it go further. And it's really tempting for, for businesses to just go for that. Maybe every post, but even a few dollars, you know, 15, 20, a hundred, whatever it might be intentionally. See, that's the thing. You don't want to just play the slot machine and go, okay, well, Facebook wants money. Let's see if we can get more reach for what purpose, what post are you promoting? Does it have a call to action that's feeding people into your funnel? Do you have the pixel installed? Right. I think a really important point to make here is that the Facebook ad algorithms literally know the difference between a novice advertiser and a more sophisticated advertiser. And this more sophisticated one is going to get better organic performance and better paid performance. And the difference being a novice is just going to hit that boost button. They're not going to have the pixel installed. They don't use custom audiences. They don't use lookalike. They don't do conversions. Or, you know, that's probably kind of all they do. Uh, they've never uploaded an email list. All these things that this more sophisticated one does. And so when you start to lean more into learning about Facebook ads and getting that training feed and getting into ads manager rather than just the boost button, you got your different components set up and you're embracing more video and more including live you're not going too crazy with massive volume and pumping out just, oh my God, nobody's seen my posts. Let me post more. It's counterintuitive. Post less. Go deeper on, on individual posts. Then absolutely, you will see a great lift in organic. It takes time though. You know, it really does. You can't just say, uh, oh, Mari said do video. Oh, I did one video. It hardly got any reach. No, it's going to have to be consistent over, right. over at least 30 days or more. It's like writing one blog post. I, I, I have a blog now. 
<laughs> Where's the traffic? <laughs> well, it's kind of the same thing, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have to be consistent with it and understand and actually look at some of the data, too, and see how people are reacting. And yes. like you said, like content just for like, why would you boost content just to boost it? Like, unless you had, I mean, call me crazy, but you have to have a commercial intent behind it to a certain degree. That's not to say like everything needs to be like, oh, come to my webinar. I mean, there are going to be other pieces of content, but it's got to be an integrated strategy, like you said. You're so right. And actually, this is a great point to insert just about metrics, because I think to your point there, Ralph, that so many small businesses and medium have been, well, you know, mostly small businesses have, have kind of like drank the Kool-Aid of the, 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 the social networks have, have fed everybody for years that the public facing social metrics are what you need to measure. So they're looking at, oh my gosh, look at the reach, look at the shares, the comments, engagement, the reactions, even video views, even things like retention, you know, just all those that Sheryl Sandberg has come right out and the CEO of Facebook has come right out and said years ago on an earnings call that they are proxy metrics. They are, they're in some of them following size, audience size is vanity metrics. What a business owner needs to do. Yeah. You take those into account. They may well be a precursor to the commercial numbers, but you want to be measuring three things, traffic leads, sales. That's Mm -hmm. it. So every time you put a dollar into the ad machine, you got to be able to trace it, right? To your to your ROI. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think we we found found that to be true at Digital Marketer. We started to put more. One of our goals this even this quarter is content first, and that means putting content into our ads in order to get more quote unquote organic traffic because that's something we saw. I mean, right off the bat, like four or five years ago, when I started as an SEO manager, it was oh, look how closely our ad spend is tracking to our, our, it's like, right, the, you know, the graphs are right on top of each other because it's based on what you're spending is what people are going to be seeing. And then you start to see the more organic reach based on, you know, future posts if you're targeting correctly. So always, always nice to hear that that's still the case. (laughs) Yeah. Real quick, before we run out of time, let's talk briefly about stories. Would that be okay? Mm, Let's do it. Because as you all know, Instagram, owned by Facebook, blatantly copied that feature from Snapchat several years ago. And really, in essence, was a brilliant move because they just radically changed the ad machine. Because Dave Wenner, the CFO of Facebook, he'd said, I think it was clear about in 2016, that Facebook was running out of ad inventory in the feed. So they were going to have to come up with new placements, one of which certainly was video, hence the big push for video, and then stories on Instagram, which really took off and are doing great. And I just think it's, it, you know, as a marketer, yeah, it's really kind of annoying to have to keep cranking out content and content that disappears. And mm. <laughs> apparently they're, they're testing different. Maybe just Facebook. I read not long ago they're testing a 12-hour story, a 24-hour story, and a three-day story stories. I'm like, yeah, oh, give me interesting. interesting. <laughs> but only give me three days if it's not going to like, if it's still right. going to have prominent positioning, <laughs> if it's going to be way down the far end and nobody's going to see it, then forget it. I'll, I'll keep doing the 24 hour thing. But it's brilliant because it puts the control in the user's 
hands where mm-hmm. they get to choose, do I, how often do I tap and swipe here? Oh, you know, I want to consume, you know, 20 of Lady Gaga's stories, but only one of whoever's stories, right? So they get to choose how much they consume. And every, you know, tap and every swipe, they can see an ad every three swipes or so on. But then, of course, when it came a little bit later to Facebook, and it's always funny, like I say, you know where Facebook's intent is when they just shove it at the top of that feed. <laughs> right at the top. Or it yep. is the little circle, and then it got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Than no, it's flashing and circling and glowing at you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you will use Facebook stories. <laughs> so anyway, I do post my stories on Instagram business account, cross post to my uh, Facebook business page. And then often what I'll do is just save to camera roll and then a while later, not the same time, but a while later, I'll repurpose the same story in my camera roll onto my profile on Facebook. So like getting extra usage out of this. But I think the whole concept of ephemeral content is going to be a huge, huge part continuing on into 2021 and onwards. Mm-hmm. And Zuckerberg, a few years back, he literally said stories of the future. He said, I can see a time where almost all social networks will have a stories component. And sure enough, YouTube came out with it. LinkedIn came out with it. Just the other week, here's Twitter. Twitter. Came <laughs> with their fleet. You know, it's like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. And LinkedIn. Oh, God, I forgot about and that. LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody's on the story train. But I feel like that you made a good point in terms of that seems like the only way you can do it in terms of keeping your time consistent is making sure that you're saving them to use them. Do you repost them as like static posts later on down the month or are you just repurposing on different channels or how do you make sure it doesn't become like a time suck in terms of trying to create live events while also trying to create stories that are going to disappear in 24 hours and making sure you have static Yeah, well, this really goes back hand in hand with the strategy we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So making sure that stories is a a very integral key component of your social media marketing strategy in 2021. And depending on the size of your team and your resources, a lot of stories can absolutely be planned in advance. Mm -hmm. And back to this part of like education or repurposing, taking little 15 second clips of your lives or, you know, doing visuals and having that branded content through that branded, you know, this on-brand theme throughout doing a partner post. A lot of my stories will have the tag in there for my sponsor. Mm-hmm. And you can use, there are scheduling tools, right? There's Tailwind, Planoli, Plan That, Later. There's all of these tools out there. I think even uh, Agorapulse, Hootsuite, Buffer, I think they all do scheduling to stories. Facebook on Creator Studio, I tend to use Creator Studio a lot. It's a pretty decent platform that allows you to schedule your feed and your IGTV posts. They are at some point going to bring out scheduling stories. And it's a little counter, counter like intuitive, like, wait, what? It's supposed to be real time in the moment, but we're going to schedule it. Yeah, because we're all dang busy running our businesses. We don't always have time to... Oh. Quote, unquote, real time. <laughs> right? Beat the story machine. But again, yeah, being strategic, the beautiful thing about stories is it creates top of mind awareness and top of feed that's it so i always say to people look even if you just shove something up there every 24 hours not Mm -hmm. shove but you can repurpose your old stories go into your archives Mm -hmm. share the memories you know just find people that you follow and share theirs go back and share your own again having that strategic intent though keep that top of mind top of feed awareness well, that's a lot. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think that gives us some pretty good Facebook updates as far as yeah. <laughs> new things going on. A few things. 
and your talk at Traffic and Conversion Summit, I have a feeling that they're going to get even more. And that's the reason why you should go to trafficandconversionsummit.com <laughs> and get your tickets and see Mari. And oh, by the way, there's another guy on day two that's going to be talking too. But buy your tickets for Mari. Don't buy them for me. <laughs> well, cool. Well, head on over to trafficandconversionsummit.com to check out uh, the agenda, get your tickets. But if they want to get in touch with you, Mari, where do they go? Where's the best place? You probably have a social media account, I would guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mari Smith on Facebook, Mari underscore Smith on uh, Instagram, Mari Smith Twitter, LinkedIn, marismith.com. And as I like to say, just Google me. I've been a little bit SEO over the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty, she's got some good SEO. So well, we'll leave uh, links and references that we talked about here in the show notes. There were a lot today and uh, really appreciate you coming on Perpetual Traffic. For the first time ever, it's only been five years on this talking about something that you know a hell of a lot about. It's been great having your insights here, and hopefully the listeners have some pretty good ideas of how to set themselves up for success in 2021 and beyond. Thank you. And like I said, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 284, and until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.